Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. I feel like it fits. Um, we need that experience, don't we? That is not, I mean, we don't hear too many people having the, the experience, uh, Jesus appeared to me and changed my life physically. But we know it happens. I've heard stories. I've heard stories, Jesus appearing to people. And what happened to the Apostle Paul? He had that road to Damascus moment. Jesus literally appeared to him. And uh, sometimes you need that radical change in your life to really figure out what your priorities are. Um, so I'm just going to talk uh, a little bit today about why kids are the best. Kids are the best. Um, when I was in uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I was in this class called Aspire. I don't know if anybody ever heard of Aspire. But I would go to my normal class with all the other kids, and then like for an hour or two during the day, they would take a few of us, and we'd go into this separate classroom, and uh, we had a, a special teacher who would teach us things, uh, and take us on special field trips and things like that. And uh, one day, the teacher was explaining to us about the origin of life. You see, I had been playing this uh, computer game they had um, on the computer in that special little classroom, and it was called Primordial Soup. I'll never forget that, Primordial Soup. So I had asked her about it, and so she started explaining the origin of life from her perspective of science, you know, where does life come from? And so I asked her, you know, this kids ask the best questions, how does that fit in with the Bible? How does that fit in with the Bible? Her response impacted me. She said, well, the stories and myths of the Bible aren't meant to explain that. <coughs> I had alarm bells going off in my head. Um, I immediately, as soon as I got home, went and told my mom, uh, Mom, my teacher said the Bible's a myth and it concerned me. I was in fourth grade. I wasn't that old. You know, that still was like a little bit of a, a warning bell, right? And kids, I want you to think about that. If you hear something disturbing or that's not in line with what your parents and what pastor and all of us have told you, don't just keep it to yourself. Talk to somebody about it. Tell your parents. Don't forget about that. And don't, uh, don't ignore it. So um, needless to say, the, uh, the school administrators received a phone call. And uh, one very perturbed, perturbed mom uh, let them know what she thought about all that. And uh, that teacher never said anything like that to me ever again the rest of my time there. So you can stand on the Bible. The Bible is true, right? We take it on faith, but that faith is well-reasoned faith. It's not just untested, un unthought. We, we have gone through this process. We have been through it, and we have seen the results of belief. We're not buying into it just, be, just because. And besides the witnesses and testament within our own heart and in our own lives, we see it all around us. Every day, how many miracles, signs, and wonders have we seen in this church this year? I can't count them. A lot. 
There's a lot. People might dismiss some of them. People might try to argue with you about them. But even if just one was the Holy Ghost moving in our lives, they got everything to lose. We have everything to gain. Amen. So um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about this. Starting in verse 7, the Bible speaking of sinful men. It says they're always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. And then if you skip to the middle of verse 8, it said, So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. So the Bible is telling us there are going to be people who are smart. They're intelligent. They know a lot. They've got a lot of stuff figured out, but they don't know the truth. They still reject it. They're figuring everything out, but they can't come to a knowledge of God. They can't come to the knowledge of Christ. They're intelligent and learning. Uh, it, it can't get them to God because at the end of the day, you got to have faith, right? They think they know better, but the Bible says their brilliant minds, I don't know if you notice, called it corrupt. Corrupt. That means it's not very useful anymore. You're not, you're not going to accomplish much with the uh, legacy of your life. Later in verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we ask ourselves, who do you want to be? Kids, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the corrupt, sinful person? Or do you want to be formed by the word of the Lord? Right? Shapen by God. So let's, uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 18 really quick. And I'm sorry, I said this was NKJV. It's actually NIV. Forgive me. Um, so I'm going to just start reading. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. For the last few months, I can't get this out of my head. I keep going back to this passage of scripture over and over and over. Jesus is telling us who we need to be like. I mean, we should be like bishop. We should be like pastor, but who is he telling us to be like? Kids. Kids. One might wonder, maybe Jesus was just talking about the new birth. Maybe we're supposed to be born into the kingdom and I'm a little baby sucking my thumb in the kingdom of heaven. That isn't quite right to me. And I'll tell you why. The key in that verse is, or in verse four, the key is in verse four when it says, therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Is. It's a current state of being. It's not just something we were once that we won't ever be again. It's something we are. We are like little children. What's so special about kids? Why are kids the best in the kingdom of heaven? 
I can think of a few things. But I believe the greatest and the most important is this. Kids have faith. They have faith that is undeterred. They don't care what you said. If they trust what you say, nobody else can dissuade them. If it's somebody they trust that told them something, they're going to believe it. They're going to they're think that's right. Um, I remember being like that as a little kid. And uh, I had a, a few friends in school telling me all sorts of crazy stuff, and I was believing them. Uh, pardon the, uh, <laughs> the example here, but if you know Star Wars... There are, in Star Wars, these spaceships. They're called X-Wings and TIE Fighters, okay? When I was a kid, their age, I had two friends swearing to me, swearing, I have a real TIE Fighter, and I have a real X-Wing. And I'm, I was naive, you know. I, really? You have a TIE Fighter? You have an X-Wing? What? They kept telling me, okay, we're going to do a flyover over your house. Be outside, 7.30 p.m. Be ready. Look in the sky, 3 o'clock. All right. I'll be out there. I'll be waiting on my deck. Guys, they led me on for a week, and I, I, I didn't figure it out. I was, I was like, oh, I didn't see you last night. Where, what was going on? Oh, it was dark. You just couldn't see. We, we had the stealth stuff on. You couldn't see it. You know, they kept saying, they gave me the, the runaround here. And then finally, I just kept asking questions, like not really wanting to think they were liars, because who wouldn't want to see a real TIE fighter? I mean, that would be really cool. And uh, one of the kids said, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if that was real? And I was just like, oh, man, you guys been lying to me? What? That's the worst. Dream crushed. Again, this wasn't the only time this happened to me. When I was 12, I had a video game magazine. I love video games. I still do. Full, full confession. Uh, I had this video game magazine. And in the, va- the video game magazine, it had a cheat code. And I didn't have this video game, but my friend had the video game. So I called him up and I said, hey, hey, I found this cheat code in this magazine. You need to try it out on this video game. All right, here's what you got to do. You got to go to this screen. You got to click this stuff. And then you have to type this on the, on the keyboard. T-H-I-S-I-S-A-B-A-D-J-O-K-E. He's like, uh, it's not working. It's not working. Uh, well, let me, let me read it again. Uh, T-H-I-S-I-S-A-B-A-D-J-O-K. This is a bad joke. This is a bad joke. It's not working? Click. Shout out to Joe McNeely. Sorry, dude. I got pranked by the magazine and pranked you. Kids. <laughs> I, took, I, I didn't even realize until after he hung up on me. I just, sometimes kids just believe. We just believe, you know. But there's another side to that. When pastor says, God's a healer, I believed. When mama said, he's a provider, I believed. When Sunday school teacher said, he's our keeper, I believed. You kids, you have faith unlike anyone else in this room. We can't have it the same way unless we pray and we work out. Faith is a muscle. 
We got to work. You have, you start with faith. You got big, big faith. And you know what? That's what God wants. It's as simple as that. Us adults, we can be cynical. We don't just take what people say sometimes. We second guess it. We think about it. But when a man of God you respect comes up to you and says, I'm going to, God's going to do this. And you just need to be ready. Don't just say, whatever. God gave you a word. Believe it. Seize it. It's yours. So kids have been hearing this all July. But because we've been doing missions by July. And we've had some amazing people come in and speaking to the kids. Missionaries from all over the world. Uh, Brother Nix gave a video. The sportsmen's talk. We got a video from the Cantrells. Bishop talk. Sister Thurman. All the, all the different uh, missionaries from our church came and spoke to the kids, and a lot of them used this exact same example. But kids, guess how old Samuel was when God spoke to him? Hopefully some of you remember this. He was less than 12. The Bible says when he was weaned, he went to go work with Eli in the temple. So he could have been pretty young, three, four, five, all the way up to 12. That's you. Samuel was an amazing prophet. How old was King David when he was beating up bears and lions in the, in the pasture out there protecting the sheep? The Bible called him a shepherd boy. That's you, Joel. You're a shepherd boy. He was anointed to be king when we think he was between 10 and 15 years old. You can figure that out from the biblical narrative. 10 and 15, this guy's told, hey, little man, you're about to be the king of Israel. And yet, before that, they had to call him in from the pasture to get anointed. He'd been taking care of sheep who knows how long, right? And God was helping him defeat bears and lions as a little boy. How old was King Josiah when he became king? Eight years old. Eight years old. The Bible says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Then, how old was that boy with the five loaves and the two fishes? I don't know if you guys ever thought about it in this way. If you read in the book of John, um, they, they mention the little boy. I don't think it's in the other mentions of that miracle, but they, I'm imagining this little boy, he's got this basket of food. The disciples are like, hey, come eat Jesus. Come up, meet this, this cool preacher, you know, and he comes up there and he's got this food. They're in the middle of nowhere. There is no food. This is the food they've got. There are 5,000 men and then women and children. And Jesus says, hey, can I have that? I'll be able to feed everyone with it. I'll be able to feed this whole crowd with your basket of five loaves and two fish. Would you have given a guy you don't really know a basket of five loaves and two fish when that's the only food you're going to eat probably for a couple days? That little kid, no hesitation. Yeah, here, Jesus. He saw a miracle from his faith, Right? The Bible tells us the prophet Daniel was young when he started his ministry. And then listen to this scripture from Jeremiah. This is uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, this is Jeremiah, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. Ever thought that before? But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. 
You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So, then, I mean, if you guys read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah wasn't no sleazy little prophet saying whatever. He was, he was a big boy prophet. And God, he says to God, God, uh, I'm a little guy. I don't think I can do this. God says, no excuse. He probably didn't say it like that. but <laughs> There is no excuse. If God calls you, you can do something today, right? And so as I'm closing here, I just want to remind you guys of a couple principles. God wants us to have, God can do whatever he wants. He's God, right? He's God. He can do whatever he wants, anywhere he wants, however he wants. He's God. But he requires us to have faith. Is that right? In Mark chapter 6, Jesus says, I can't do anything here. These people don't, they don't believe, right? It's not that he actually couldn't, but that's like a process. That's a relationship with God. He wants us to work with him, right? We have to have obedient faith. And uh, just a side note, well, before that, he can use the faith of a mustard seed. You can say, God, I have faith. Help my unbelief. Help me, help my unbelief. If you're not praying that prayer when you see a big situation and you can't see past it, you need to start praying it. God will help you. God will make a way. But uh, we show our faith through obedience, all right? That's in James 2 and uh, Hebrews 11. And uh, I don't know, does any of you guys listen to the church podcast? Anybody out there? If you don't, you need to start. They'll, they'll put old sermons from like many years ago up on there. And they just had Bishop Willoughby on there. Uh, doing a sermon that he, he gave in this church in 2006. And something he said stuck with me. Let me see here. He said, worship is the manifestation of faith. Worship. God, I don't have that yet, but I'm believing. God, you're going to do it. God, I know you're going to do it. You gave me that word. Hallelujah. Great faith will result in great miracles. All right, musicians, please come. Great faith will result in great miracles. Saints, kids, you have faith. God wants faith. Put that into action. Use it. We're not bodybuilders. We're faith builders, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger can look at us and say, oh, I wish I was like you. I wish I had the faith of a mustard seed. God bless Arnold. We'll reach him. You have faith now. You can do great things in the kingdom of God. And so what we're going to do, we're going to have the kids come up here. We're going to pray that they have a blessed school year, that they can stand against the darts of the enemy. We're not going to let them take our kids. We're not going to let them indoctrinate our kids with whatever they say. God is going to protect these children as they go on their way. And we're going to send them with the grace of God. Kids, come on up to the front, and we're going to have an altar call. Parents, please gather around your children, your guardians. And we're going to pray for these kids today that, that God keeps them. Everybody's invited to the altar. We just need the kids front center. Amen. This is awesome.
Who knows God can do anything? God can do anything. God can use you to reach your school. God can use you to see a lost family member saved. God can do anything through anybody. He can use a donkey. He can for sure use a kid. All right. All right, everybody, let's pray together right now. Dear Lord, we pray, Jesus, that your spirit be upon these kids. Lord, that your anointing be upon them. God, that you protect them, that you keep them safe, Jesus, everywhere they go. Protect them from all manner of evil, Jesus. Lord, we pray that your light would shine through these kids, God, that they would not hide it under a bushel, Lord, that that they be a shining light on a hill, Jesus. Lord, that they can be used, God, of you, God, and be mighty in your kingdom. Lord, you said as the, the mightiest in the kingdom of heaven must be humble as these children. God, help us all to be like these children. Help us to look at their example, Jesus, today. God, I pray, Lord, that you use every one of us, God, to build your kingdom, Lord, to expand faith in this world, God. This fallen world is rejecting you, Lord, but we are gonna, we're gonna get the remainder, Jesus. We're gonna get the elect, Jesus. We're gonna help them join the kingdom, God. We're gonna spread your word all over this kingdom, all over this world. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.